0: communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder.
1: Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast, and today I am looking forward to a very memorable conversation with our guest, Meryl Charette. Now, we're going to be talking today about memorable conversations. Now, Meryl is the co-owner of Mida Ship Shape Podcast. He balances his time between active networking, conducting podcasts with experts, and developing a marine services platform, so definitely want to hear more about that. He graduated with a degree in cultural and intellectual history from Rhodes College, where he helped create the college's first newspaper, the So After graduating, he established two nonprofits for people with Parkinson's. Later, he hiked the Appalachian Trail in two thousand and eighteen. And Merrill moved to Boston to attend Suffolk Law. While at SoFolk, Charette began his live-aboard journey aboard his forty-foot sailing yacht. Ooh, that's sweet. Um, he's also a contributor for Points Eats Magazine, the boating periodical for coastal New England. So, welcome to the show, Merrill.
2: Well, happy to be here, Kim.
1: So, I am. Um, I'm very excited. I've been working with a new piece of software called PodMatch for our podcast listeners. This is an amazing service that connects hosts and guests together. And Meryl was someone that I I saw on that platform. And Podmatch thought we would make a good connection for host and guests. So I'm excited. So first, Meryl, why don't you share with us a bit of your story about who you are? And you know, how did you come to do some of these things that you've done?
2: Well, you know, the problem is, how do you make a long story short? And I guess I'll begin kind of my whole communication career started when I was at college. For high school, I jumped around to four different high schools. So when I went to college, I was like, I'm going to be there for all four years. So I was like, I'm going to meet every single person at this school, which ended up being not the greatest idea. Um, You know, I met so many people that everyone started making a joke of it. There was like, it's called being Merrill, right? Basically, some random person goes and introduces themselves. I played sports in college. And after that, I started the the college newspaper, which at the time, the college actually didn't want a newspaper. So I rallied a half of the student body, which was thousand students to sign a petition to uh, get the college newspaper started. After that, I set up two nonprofit fitness classes, as mentioned. After that, kind of had an inkling to try to have experiences and, you know, build that side of myself up. So I threw hike the AT, which was 2,200 miles pretty much immediately after that started law school while I was at law school, got a boat, started several boat businesses. Maritime industry is very much a word of mouth industry. So communication is huge um, and it's very much not who, you know, but who likes you. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's no like and trust. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And then while I was doing the whole boat business, was a professional sailor, writer, speaker. Now I'm kind of one of the leading experts in maritime. Uh, It's been a journey. Mm
1: -hmm. That is so cool. Well, I know you've come today and you want to share with us about how to become memorable in your conversation. So I'm going to let you loose for a little bit to just share your thoughts on that and any practical tips that you feel that you know our audience can start using today to become more memorable in their conversations
2: sounds good okay so the first bit is to understand that communication is a very vast topic and there are a ton of books about communication and networking and very much a lot of these books are just parts right they don't really define the whole you know if you start thinking about communication in the entirety it would be textbooks upon textbooks of information yeah um so that's what you run into and really it's kind of like this this four-sided sword right you know in order to be heard right as an entrepreneur you need to be a great communicator in order to be a great communicator You need to be confident in yourself. And to be confident in yourself, you got to tell yourself good internal stories, which it's very easy to get focused on just like one singular step. But this is a skill that takes forever. Personally, I think communication is harder than rocket science, right? Rocket science, all you need to do is really study and learn that where communication, you're running into people all the time and they're all slightly different. And so you always have to be on your toes and paying mm-hmm. attention so if you're not they're going to totally read it right off you <laughs> um so you know kind of the tips and tricks i'm going to start with some of the pitfalls of communication that i've seen i generally go to networking events year round every year mm-hmm. been doing that a while um, i also had a career at one point in door-to-door sales so that was quite interesting as well ton of communication But one of the biggest problems is persistence, right? You know, a lot of people will start out the year being like, I am going to, if they've never been to a networking event before or really tried to get into that, they just started a company, whatever. They're like, we're going to go to a networking event and I'm just going to meet people and try to grow my network. But, you know, if you're going to a networking event under the impression that you're going to get some like sales and leads, you're probably going in with the wrong attitude. A lot of the people that I've run into, they'll go a month of going to like two networking events a week and then eventually they haven't really met anyone. And so they just give up. Right. Mm -hmm. Networking is very much a long game type thing, just like everything in life. A lot of people have this like false sense that life is short, but if you don't know anything prior and you don't know anything after, then isn't that eternity? So, uh, you know, everything that you do should be with like the future in mind. You know, I'll give you one story of financial advisors, right? So they Mm -hmm. populate a good chunk of the networking events these days. And pre-COVID and post-COVID, Different dynamic when it comes to business, right? Mm -hmm. And the pre-COVID, the networking events were very much: you show up, you meet people, and maybe you can connect the dots between two people, right, and make Mm -hmm. that that bridge. That's what networking is all about. Post-COVID, the whole dynamic of how you try to market and get leads has changed. So, a good chunk of networking event ends up becoming salespeople. So, you'll have a ton of salespeople trying to sell you something. (laughs) And, you know, I just can't stand that because they've lost sight of like the point of networking. I mean, I went to one networking event or pretty much every networking event. I run into a financial advisor who comes up to me, you know, we talk for a while and then The setup after is they reach out to me, they call me, you know, it was a good conversation at the networking event and they all do this. They all say, oh, it was amazing to meet you. You're such a fascinating guy. I would love to hear more about you and you're such a good friend. Let me be your financial advisor. And it's just like, you know how many times I've heard that? I've heard it way too many times. You know, I usually chew their face off. So there's that. Another pitfall is weak stories right? People are really bad at just, it doesn't even necessarily have to pertain to the business that you're in. Get people engaged and be a good storyteller. That's one of the foundations of society, being a good storyteller. You know, that's how information is passed down through generations, through stories. Don't ever let the truth get in the way of a good story, right? You can always exaggerate a little bit. Another pitfall I see is the idea of being a lone wolf. You run into entrepreneurs that are just starting out and they're like, oh, you know, I'm this big hotshot and I'm doing everything and I don't need anyone and I don't need you. But, you know, you look at throughout time and you need people in order to survive, right? If you were a lone wolf back in the tribal days and you were just cast out of your tribe, you'd be dead. You definitely need... People. another one is spending too long in a conversation people will meet someone who's you know somewhat fascinating and they'll get into a you know 30 minute conversation with them and the event is only an hour and so you just wasted a good chunk of your time where you could have m- met a bunch of other people and continue the conversation mm-hmm. with this person after people who are pushovers to other beliefs right mm-hmm. so if you're talking to someone and you know what you believe to be true opposed to what they're saying you know you should be able to disagree because if you don't then you're just going to be walked over in communication you know not a lot of people really educate themselves and you can tell i've met a lot of people who were leaders in industries and pretty much what it comes down to is if you're a forever learner and you're able to just continue to grow then yeah. you're going to be, you know, just have a better knowledge of the subject and the better knowledge just makes people believe you a lot more than just showing up. You know, I'm a firm believer in if you read 40 business books then you're probably going to be better off than going and getting your MBA. And then we can talk about some tips and tricks about how to communicate.
1: Yeah, let's let's just go back for a moment because you know, you you talked about persistence in networking. And you are right there, you know, you go to these events, you don't participate, you don't do anything, you're just trying to hand out business cards and sell, and then you get discouraged. And, you know, I look at networking as a way of developing relationship. I don't go into network meetings to um, sell or even generate leads, though sometimes I do. I do sell, I've sold at networking events because the person was ready and I've generated leads because they were ready. But my goal is always to just have two or three really great conversations in a networking meeting. And if I come out of a network meeting with that, then for me, that was worth going to the network meeting for. So I think that's really important is to manage your expectations when you network. It's not about going in to make the sale and hand out so many business cards. It's about making the connection. So I loved what you said about that. And the other thing that you said was being a lone wolf. And I think there's two aspects to that. So first of all, there was the aspect you're talking about, you know, the the one who's like, you know, I'm top dog, right? Everybody's just got to like me. But then I think there's other people that are on the other end of the spectrum where, you know, they're lone wolfing it because they don't kind of believe in themselves or they don't have the skills and they don't know what they're doing. So, you know, they go into networking in different places and they're kind of in the corner because they just, they don't know how to make those connections. So I, I, I could see it from both sides in terms of the of the lone wolf so very great points meryl so you said you had some more to share with us i'm interesting to hear what you got now
2: yeah so some tips and tricks in conversation i got a list here it doesn't necessarily pertain in order it just made it easy for me to do but this is probably one of the bigger ones is conversation framing if you okay. think of a conversation almost like a chess game right mm-hmm. so in chess the first player has the advantage. He has the first move. And really the the second player, his whole objective is to get the first player out of step. So now he is the one making the moves. And it's the same thing in conversation. So, you know, a lot of people... You know, you'll go to a networking event and then some guy will immediately come up to you and say, what do you do? And if you answer that question, they are in control of the frame of the conversation. So if you could have these words just tattooed across your head, the better question is, what do you do? And you flip it on them. As soon as you do that, you're in control of the conversation. And I've done it so many times. The first time I did it, there was this huge event there was all these people that knew each other. And so I'm, I'm like the the person showing up doesn't know a single person there. They're all big businessmen. And one of them looks at me and says, so what do you do? And they're all staring at me. And I'm just like, the better question is, what do you do? And everyone turned and looked at him. And he was like, oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm in real estate. And I just knew immediately, I, you know, was in control of the conversation. I had the frame. So really anywhere you go, if someone starts asking you a question, you, know, you don't need to avoid it, right? But flip it on them with the better question is. Another one, right? Obviously, every single book about communication is going to tell you that you need to listen, right? I mean, if you're listen and you're engaged in the conversation, then that's how you build rapport. I mean, it's like a written on the tablet of communication every book <laughs> will say that and with that body language is huge right so there's a ton of books out there about how to read people's body language and there's a lot of debate on how true and all of that it is right reading other people's body language mm-hmm. but when i say body language i'm talking about yourself so if you keep open body posture right you'll be better at listening as well besides also being open to them and building rapport. Right? So if I'm ever in a conversation, you know, the secret is to always have a palm facing the person that you're talking to in any aspect. You could be just hanging at your side and you're talking to someone, but if you have the palm face them, not only are you better at listening, but you also build rapport with them. So
1: one thing that I was taught was to mirror the other person's body yeah. language. Um, like I'm a half, and a half. So I'm very tall for a woman. So sometimes when I'm speaking with other women, I'll actually sit down some more at eye level with them. So they don't feel quite so intimidated, but I found that if I kind of mirrored what, what they were doing, you know, so that, you know, if they kind of were standing a little, diagonal, I would stand a little diagonal, right? So I always tried to kind of mirror what they were doing. And it created sort of an instant comfortness, because it just visually, they thought, oh, this person's like me.
2: I agree with you. Mirroring kind of how I I rank the different body language signals and cues, right? Is that even if someone is closed off, right, and they have their hands folded or they're like this, and so they think that they're somewhat superior to you. If you keep an open palm facing mm-hmm. them, and I, I personally believe the open palm is the secret weapon. It is a passive body language position. It's basically mm-hmm. you're open and you're, like, defenseless, right? Because the human body, it's the, the front side of it that's the weakest, Mm-hmm. And so if you have open body posture, even if they are closed off, it shows a, a level of internal mm-hmm. strength that you have no fear. But as you said about the mirroring, if a person goes for a drink, I'll grab a drink to have a sip with them, and then we'll continue on with the communication. Mm-hmm. So there's that. You know, a lot of people in communication will get sometimes a phone call right? In which there is no visual cues to really set it off. And, you know, what I've learned from doing the podcast is that people can hear a smile. So if you're smiling while you're talking to them, even if they're not able to visually see it, they're able to engage in your your voice and the sound. Mm. Another tip, be wary of your friends. So friends, ugh, you know, everyone needs them, but Sometimes you got to like reflect on the people that you hang out with because they are a reflection of who you are. And yes. it can be pretty hard to do, especially with relationships. You know, you build these relationships over a time time frame, but there's strength in knowing when to leave friendships and kind of move on and redefine yourself. Because mm-hmm. there, there are times in which negativity and just all of your friends aren't trying to progress and move forward, then it's going to be very hard for you to progress and move forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing is, you know, there's a whole science behind, you know, this idea that it's how you interact with people. But there's also this idea that it's how comfortable you are in a specific environment. There's also a major Mm -hmm. factor. You know, if you're used to going to concerts, well, you're going to be comfortable in that environment. So your communication is going to change, Um, where if you're going to big business events If you're not used to being in fancy places, your body language and how you communicate is going to be very receptive to it. So if you are a entrepreneur and you're looking for money and you're trying to meet like, you know, people that have it, you better get used to going to like nice places and just communicating with random people at a bar so you can really build that environmental awareness of where you are. Understanding time and technology, that's another one. With the advent of how we're able to communicate these days instantly, you're in Nova Scotia, I'm in Boston, but I talk to people over in Dubai all the time, right? Like instantly. Yes. And so now you have access to literally kind of everyone in the world. So now you have to be a little bit more, you know, pinpointed on kind of who you are talking to mm-hmm. because it's very easy to spend your days talking to people that aren't going to move you forward. So basically if you run into someone and you have like this internal feeling that this isn't going to really progress anywhere, there's no shame in just leaving the conversation. And that kind of goes back to staying in communication too long with the single person. You know, another kind of entrepreneurial bit of advice is that me being a young entrepreneur, there is this idea that youth is associated with, lack of knowledge and Mm so you'll run into businessmen who've succeeded you know 30 40 years ago and they're certainly older and yeah sure they're wise in business but business is always evolving especially today with technology that you know the things of the past don't necessarily you know work to the present and so uh, you know a good chunk of time they'll they'll start talking down to you and, and telling you things that you should probably you know if you did your due diligence, you should already know, right? They tell you about basic business stuff, but little do they know that, you know, my generation was raised with all of technology and all of human information in their pocket. Right. So it's safe to yeah. assume I done some research. Um, so generally when that happens, which happens quite regularly, mm-hmm. I use the feel felt found yep. kind of thing. Right. So I basically say after this long 20 minute lecture about how I need to know more about business, I'm like, I feel you, you know, I feel you. And I hear everything that you're saying. We're a little bit farther ahead than what you realize. So, and that usually is kind of like, uh, good at setting the stage. Another one of my most favorite tips is have a unique style. I feel like everyone gets that wrong. (laughs) There's, There's so many people that show up to business events and they're all wearing a blue blazer And like some khaki pants and it's just like people do judge you off of your style. I mean, there's no way around it. Everyone is playing a game. Um, You might go to the, the business events, they're playing their own game and, You know, from the experience of doing these like long distance hikes and living on a boat for the past five years, you know, a lot of people from the outside would say, Oh, you guys just shoved off society. You're not playing any games, all of that. But even in these extreme circles, they're still playing games, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you are an extreme long distance hiker and you run into another person, you're going to immediately be able to tell if they're an extreme long distance hiker just off the clothes they wear how they communicate all of that. Same thing. So, I mean, I personally wear like rings and jewelry and all sorts of things. When I'm going to networking events, it leaves a lasting image. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'll tell you about wearing rings, you know, if you show up looking like crap, they'll think that the ring is fake. If you show up looking good. They think the ring is real. Right. So that's like the balance that you have to play with the look. <laughs> um, you know, and and all of this really kind of gets back to being confident. Right. Mm -hmm. And I run into the lack of confidence a lot. I personally believe that everyone is born confident. It is all the things that happen in your life that adds to this idea of, you know, it's just weights on top of your confidence. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it like that, you know, it's really easy to kind of separate that and be and come mm-hmm. back to yourself. When I first started getting into the whole podcast and bringing on hosts and all of that, you know, there were people that were had amazing careers of being reporters and whatnot. And they're like, I can't do this podcast thing. I'm just not good at it. And I'm like, okay, write down mm-hmm. on a piece of paper you're not good at doing podcasts. And so they write it down. I'm like, okay. Now, put the reasons underneath why. And it's like, the only reason is they only did one podcast ever in their life, right? That's it. It's like the stories you tell. The stories you tell ultimately define who you are as a person. So the only stories I tell are stories of progression and happy endings, right? Mm -hmm. In a happy ending, it could be as simple as, you know, what you learn from the experience And how's it going to, you know, make you a better person moving forward? I hear way too many bad endings. You know, if someone starts coming up to me and I can already tell the story is heading toward to a bad ending. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, I only listen to happy endings. So rephrase everything that you said and then come up with a happy ending. You know, I'll certainly tell tragedies about other people, you know, but I won't tell them about myself in communication And just life in general, like, it's good to find a passion, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people use that, like, trigger word of passion without really, like, understanding, like, the meaning of it. You know, personally, I think passion is you get up at 7 a.m. and you work to midnight every single day. And then at the Mm -hmm. end of it, you're like, oh, you know, it didn't really feel like I worked that much because you're so passionate about it. And if you don't have a passion, then, you know, people can read it off of you. So at any point in your life, there's always that opportunity to really dive into what you want to do. It might be a career shift. It might be changing where you live. It might be a lot of things, you know, so there's that. And, um, you know, another thing is, you know, you've brought on a lot of speakers and um, all of that. And it's like the nervousness of going in front of people and communicating, right? A lot of people get nervous. Everyone else is nervous too. And if you've prepared and if you have busted your butt to know everything that you need to know and you have that feeling of nervousness, it's good to remind yourself that is a good feeling. You've tried, right? And so if you have that feeling and you've tried, it should cancel out that emotion. Basically be like, oh, wait, that's a good thing, right? And those are my tips and tricks.
1: That is wonderful, Meryl. I really, really appreciate it. And I loved how you gave so many tips and tricks in so many different areas. What a really balanced way to look at communication. So, Meryl, if people have listened to this and they're like, okay, I want to learn more about this guy. How can people connect with you?
2: People can just find me on LinkedIn um it's m-e-r-r-i-l-l and then c-h-a-r-e-t-t-e uh if you have any questions you know feel free to reach out to me i'll give you some free advice um that's really about
1: it that is awesome well we are out of time but thank you so much for coming and sharing with us from your knowledge and your expertise So this has been Meryl Charette and Kim Thompson Pinder on the author to authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the author to authority
0: podcast. The extraordinary word ninja. Kim Thompson Pinder has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business.